What You Need to Know, brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Lauda, what do you got? So traffic sucks in L.A. We all know this. But tomorrow it's going to be a little bit crazier around L.A. because Kanye West and Drake will be performing at the L.A. Memorial Coliseum for their free Larry Hoover benefit concert. I was actually thinking about going, but when I thought about the traffic, I was like, nah. And tickets weren't even that expensive. They were like 50 bucks for cheap tickets. Then today they announced you don't even have to physically be there because they're going to stream the concert via Amazon Music, Prime Video, and Amazon, um, Amazon sorry, Music Twitch channel. A lot of people were upset because they were like, hey, we fought to get these tickets and now you're streaming this thing. And on top of it, if you don't even see it live, it's going to be on demand. So people were not happy that they fought to get tickets. Right. And now you can just watch it on TV. Yeah, but it's yeah. a different experience being there. I mean, it is, but... Also, I was thinking about it, and I think like Drake's only going to perform two songs, so it's really going to be Kanye's concert in there. Right. I'm not into that. Yeah, I'm just like, whatever. Kanye's like, yeah. eh, whatever to me now. But people were upset, man. They were like, yo, I got, you know, I fought to get the tickets. I got the tickets. I got to fight traffic and all this other stuff, and now I can watch in the comfort of my own home. You guys yeah. watched a lot of concerts. Like, during the last no. two years, there were many virtual concerts because performers wanted to perform. But people couldn't go to venues, so they just said, okay, well, the band will go into the venue and we'll stream it. Did you guys watch a lot of streamed shows like that? No. Concerts? No. I didn't no. watch a single one. Me neither. Same. So that's so, so here's the thing. It's like if I bought tickets and I went, or if I bought tickets and I was planning on going, I wouldn't be upset that other people could get it for free on a stream because I'd be like, I'm not going to watch it. Yeah, seriously. Uh, that's just kind of it. The experience is being there. Like, anybody can watch it on TV. You're not going to get the same experience. Like, you will you may still think it's cool watching it on TV, just like you watch, like, I don't know, somebody perform, like, at the you know Grammys or MTV Music Awards or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, but if, if you're there, the energy is completely different. Yeah, I didn't watch one streamed concert the entire last two years when all these performers were doing them. I was like, smart idea. Um, I'm not watching that. And I, people bought them, too. People were like, Oh, hey, there were plenty of people that did. I, yeah. But to your point, I didn't watch very many of them. I mean, maybe one. I don't know. I don't remember. But I just can't think on, of one. When I was bored. But anyway, that is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Laura, that's a good one because there are pro- probably, as you said, plenty of people that wanted to go and now can just watch it mm-hmm. on Amazon Prime or whatever it is. <laughs> yep. it's gonna be or if you're stuck in traffic, you can pull it up on your phone. True. Yeah. If you're on the way to the concert, we're like, oh, do you, yeah. do you guys watch a lot of stuff on Amazon Prime? I'm just curious. Honestly, I used to um, early, early on just because it wasn't a lot like it was Netflix and that. Right. That was it. But now that you have so many other things like Hulu and all these other platforms. No, <laughs> no. Yeah, I, I got to say, I think I first got Amazon Prime. Because I wanted to see, there was like a four or five part docu-series on the Grateful Dead and the history of the band. Mm -hmm. And so I remember setting it all up. And I don't, what else would I have watched on Amazon Prime? Because I'll I'll watch stuff on Apple TV. Well, there's that show, right? What's the name of that show? You mean the one about that those people? That show? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No, man, it's the show where the guy, oh my God, what is his name? That he, um, he, he's like... He's like a guy. The first no, he won the award. He was like the first trans character on television. Transparent. Transparent. There yes. you go. See, I that's on that. Amazon Prime. No, right? that one I never heard of. Never saw it. It was good. Okay, so Amazon Prime, 
And so, look, again, Apple TV, we all know Ted Lasso's on Apple TV. Yeah. Uh, is it called The Morning Show? Yeah. The Jeffrey Tandor is the actor in Transparent, by the way. Tandor That's or Tambor? Tambor. Uh, Tambor, I mean, oh, sorry. the guy yes. who used to play Hey Now, Hank Kingsley? Hey Now. He was um, also had a recurring role in Entourage as well. Yes. Jeffrey yeah, Tambor. He always wanted to, Ari to take his meeting, and Ari was always annoyed that he had to rep him. Yes. Yeah, he was the Hey Now guy funny from, bit. from Larry Sanders. Hey Now. Yeah, yeah it was a funny bit. Um, but... Yeah, so, I mean, that show was super popular. And then what was the other show that was super popular on there? Um, You're saying Han- on Amazon Is Prime? Handmaid's Tale on Amazon Prime? Yes, I think so. Yeah, that's the other one then, yeah. I don't watch that either, but I've my never wife watched does. that, but I watch a lot. I watch a lot of movies. They've got a lot a lot of good original movies and, you know. There's Amazon you know, Prime I, list, though. Netflix is, you got to think, number one. No, Netflix is not number one for me. It's I barely not. ever watch Netflix because they never have anything on there that I, I don't watch. I don't watch a ton of streaming to begin with, to be honest with you. I would say Apple Plus only because I watch Ted Lasso the most of any of those shows. Mm-hmm. I watch HBO Max the most, for sure. Huh. Huh. Yeah, I only think I go to Netflix and Apple TV. Yeah. Uh, bought, Bosch is Plus. on Prime? What is Bosch? about Chris Bosch? I think it's a detective show. No, no, no. It's not Chris Bosch. Different oh. Bosch. B O S C H, I believe, is the way oh. it's spelled. Mm. Yes. I only yeah. used to watch movies. That was really? like again, it was Netflix yeah. and that and that was it. Okay. Yeah. What about Netflix? I mean not sorry. You know, when your friends were coming over. <laughs> oh. I don't know what you guys are talking about. You so know, when eleven eleven coming over. Why are we still? Why? Okay, seriously, the well, only people. You did people... send out a tweet the other day. You did send out a tweet the other day. Again, like eleven, eleven, make a wish. Well, and here's yeah. the thing. Here, here's the thing, Laura. You know when you tweet something, there's there's no one more on Twitter than Scott Kaplan. Okay? That is true. Like I've always said, eleven, eleven, make a wish. That was not a thing for him. It was a thing that I would do. And he there are people there. Yes, you Scott. Know what I mean? to, in her defense, now yeah. I don't know if there was a double meaning to it, but it I, would, I, I will believe her. Thank you. Um, but there are plenty of people that do that. Yeah. yeah. So we're talking about these streaming services. Just by the way, last night my daughter said to me, she was, you know, streaming services are cool, but you probably should always still have cable TV because she was watching, you know, some cooking show about some yeah. cupcake making person. And she's like, I don't have this on stream. I only have this on cable, but you must be able to get those same shows on streaming, no? Yeah, I would imagine so. In somewhere. most cases, yeah. Like if yeah. it's on like, HGTV, then you go to the... It's probably Discovery Plus somewhere. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, So, real quick, Scott, you were about to explode about the Lakers. Go ahead, explode. uh, Here's what I... Look, I want to say it like this. I'm a high and low kind of fan, okay? Mm -hmm. When the Lakers lose to Sacramento, the season's over, they suck, there's nothing that can save them, it's all LeBron's fault. I mean, that's the sort of emotional person I am. When they win a game like they did last night, the the emotion flips to the other side, which is, oh my God, this is who they can be. And I always have this philosophy in sports that if you can do it once, you can repeat it. So if the Lakers can play like they played last night, regardless of opponent, now look, it might be different against Golden State or Phoenix or maybe even Brooklyn for that matter, but if you can play like you played last night as a team, then you can duplicate that. And the one thing that I saw last night that I loved, it wasn't just Russ hitting a big three and the crowd going crazy and guys jumping off the bench. It wasn't just Malik Monk with a monster windmill dunk and everybody just jumping off the bench. I saw LeBron, AD, and Russ together, like the three of them, walking off the floor together, kind of arms around each other kind of thing. It's like, that's what we've been waiting for. We've been waiting for these guys 
to gel and become a team. So what I saw last night made me go from they suck to they're going to win a championship. That's the sort of emotional highs and lows that I go through game in and game out. Uh, yeah, I get it. And I would imagine a lot of people feel that way when they watch the game. Like, they're like, you know, and, and that's the experience of being a fan is like, you, you know, when they're playing great, you're like, yeah, we're back. We're awesome. And then when they like miss nine shots in a row, you're like, God, I hate them. <laughs> right. When they lose, it's like Russ doesn't fit on this team and he'll never fit on this team. And when they win, like last night, you're like, you know. Russ is kind of starting to work out. I feel like uh, he's starting to really understand his role and understand how he fits in. When they lose, you're like, AD's horrible. He's supposed to be a top five player. And when they win last night, you're like, hey, look, AD only had 17 points, but his plus minus was plus 17, whereas when they lost in Boston and he scored 31 points, his plus minus was minus 14. That was very statistical, wasn't it? It was. It was very unlike you. Yeah. Yeah, I just came out of my mouth. Like, I mean, yeah. I don't even know if it's Was any of it actually factual? Yeah, I don't even know. I have no idea if what up. I just said is factual or not. Yeah, yeah. But that sounded good. I mean, I think it did so. sound good. It, it would sound better if you actually knew it, that you right. were right. I mean, if I'm 100% right on that, that sounded really good. If I'm nowhere even close, everybody's going to know I just made that all up. Yeah, I would, I would venture to say most people figured you made it up anyway. But I think I'm pretty close. I think I'm pretty close. I think in the first game they lost by 22 points, and AD scored 31, and his plus-minus was minus 14. And last night they won 117-102. They won by 15 points. AD scored, you know, a pretty pedestrian 17. And 16. 17 yeah, yeah. Right. And he was plus 17. Yeah. Pretty there you good. go. Pretty Listen, pretty so good. what you're saying to me is this. What you're saying to me is you think that LeBron and Russ should carry the scoring burden and that AD should just – get his attempts as the third guy when he gets them, clean up around the basket, and make sure to play defense and rebound. That You're happy with that scenario. Very happy with that scenario. Look, here's the way I am. I'd rather have lesser statistics but more wins than have more statistics and more losses. You know, no, no, I, I, I would agree with that. I'm just curious as to if Russ can sustain the type of night he had yesterday because I don't know if that's – possible is what i would say yeah i mean look he was nine for 16 from the field he put in 36 minutes last night russ played what i thought was his most complete game of the season and it wasn't just russ though it's russ lebron yeah. ad and everybody yeah. else that's a part of it you know yeah. they and you're not getting like a, a lot of i mean nine of 16 is above 50 percent for russ you don't get that all the time is what i'm saying i understand i guess what my, my more emotional part of all of this is I felt like last night, you guys tell me what you think, okay? I felt like last night they finally started to look like they were playing team ball. You know, again, when somebody comes up with a big dunk and everybody on the bench explodes, including LeBron, right? LeBron went crazy when Russ had that big dunk, or maybe it was the big three. Uh, Dwight Howard lost his mind on Malik Monk's windmill dunk. The whole bench exploded. They finally looked like they were having fun last night, didn't yes. they? Yes. A hundred percent. It's why we started the show in agreement, saying this is what we expected to see. Now, can they carry that over? We'll see. We'll discuss further. Um, by the way, Radio Tinder coming up at 530. If you're a big wrestling fan, SmackDown's coming to Staples Center on Friday. The great manager, Paul Heyman, joins us next. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Sit down on cap with you there and here on 710 ESPN. Uh, guys, let me know when Paul Heyman is there. Smackdown is coming to Staples Center on Friday. I did not hear. Can you just tell me what's happening so we don't yes. have to guess? He's yeah. going to call us at 545 because they mixed up the times. Oh, okay. Cool. You know, George, I hear that uh, region vaxxed and waxed, and um, I know there's still some controversy out there floating around in the world of social media about whether or not our T-shirt should have said vaxxed and waxed, which was my preference, or wilding, which is where you guys wanted to go. I got outvoted three to one. What I didn't realize was, and people started to alert me to this today, there are several folks on Twitter who actually use the handle vaxxed and waxed. And they're kind of accusing me of, of taking the phrase from some people who are using it already on Twitter as part of their handle. And I got it. Well, tell there's, there's plenty of people, actually, apparently, as people have researched uh, that are using it, actually. You're not. Yeah, uh, I, I really thought I made that up. Like, I'm not joking at all. Like, I really so honestly thought during. I mean, come on. Yeah. No, I really did. I really thought I was the guy who created Vaxxed and Waxed. And I'll never forget. I was sitting there one day and I'm like, you know what I'm going to do? This is the greatest phrase ever, Vaxxed and Waxed. I'm going to make T-shirts, Vaxxed and Waxed T-shirts. Yes. Yeah. And I never mm-hmm. did it because it's kind of like earlier in the show when you were talking about selling your car and dealing with all the headache. And I was like, I don't care how much money it is. I don't have the, I don't have the bandwidth for it. And I never pulled the trigger on the T-shirts. And now there's Vaxxed and Waxed T-shirts everywhere, which yeah, I still don't have. They, they were other people's, and they've been out for like a year. Yeah, I was on it way ahead of everybody else. I just didn't pull the trigger. Right. It's kind of my problem. I'm an idea guy. I'm a visionary, George. Yes. But I'm not an executor. You see what I'm right. saying? Right. That's the problem. Yeah. I have all these great ideas, but no ability to actually execute them. Yeah. It's kind of the problem. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, that, that becomes a problem. You do have to right. actually execute stuff eventually. Yeah, it's a, huge problem. Yeah, it's a monster problem. Yeah. It's kind of like writing a book. You know, it's like I've written like five books. None of them have been published, of course, because I've started them. But I Wait, just can't you've actually to started to write a book? Oh, yeah, several. several. Huh. But I just don't have the execution skills. I can't finish. You see what I'm saying? Man, see, if you start it, like, I would imagine eventually, gosh, you got to get around to it, you know? Like, is it good? Know. You can't finish. I, um, mm-hmm. oh, I feel, well. That sounded personal. <laughs> yes, no, no that, did, that did sound kind of nasty in a way, you know? No. Yeah, it did. I mean, maybe it wasn't intended to sound nasty, but it sure did. Um, but, yeah, Thanks I can't Rachel finish. for decide, okay? I can't finish it. I, wow. I just, you know, you start things and can't finish them. So, vaxxed and waxed, I started the t-shirts. I thought it was no, going to make did. $5 billion. <laughs> no, I did, George. You don't understand. I sat down at the computer. Yeah. I went to one of these, like, t-shirt companies online where you can make your own t-shirts and then order them, and then you could even have them shipped to different people if they buy them. I literally sat down, and I got about 65% of the way in, and I was like, this is too hard. Forget it. I give up. It's just too I mean, complicated, bro. You're not really going to get much accomplished that way. I mean, if, if, imagine if the Lakers had your, uh, you, you know, your your ethic there. You know, well, they do in that. some ways. They're 13 and 12. You know, yeah, right? They they've actually won a finish. championship, so they did a they they did do execute enough to win a championship recently. Well, that year, that team two years ago did not this team, not yet. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. Like, good lord, uh, the Rams though. Now you, you um 
you believe that this is must win for the Rams? Must win? Well, look, when we say the phrase must win, a lot of people like to break that down. They're like, well, must win. If they don't win, they're out. But if they do win, they move on. So if that's not the situation, then is it really truly a must win? Correct. To me, to me, the Rams have put themselves in a situation right now where they must win this game on Monday night at Arizona for a variety of reasons. Arizona's 10 and 2, Rams are 8 and 4. Arizona wins, they're out of reach. I'm not saying that they're not out of reach right now because if the Rams win, they're only a game back. The Rams have to win this game to keep pace, to possibly win the division, to possibly get a home playoff game or more. And look, they put themselves in this situation because the Cardinals came to SoFi and beat the Rams on their home turf. You've got to even up the score when playing against a division opponent. And by the way, if the Rams want to be taken seriously, because I don't think many people around the country right now really buy the Rams the way they did four weeks ago. When yeah. they were 7-1, and one, people were like, yeah, they're good. And they, were, they had won against the Giants, the Lions, and the Texans. They were 7-1. and one. People were like, they're good. And then they lost three straight games, and people were like, they're not that good. Yeah. And, then they, and they beat the Jaguars, and people are still like, yeah, they're not that good. Yeah. So for, from when it comes to national respect and believability, they got to win this game. What do you think? Yeah, look, I, I, I mean, again, if they – okay, in the sense of the words that you use, the phrase, right, must win, is it a must win? No. Um, it, it would be nice to win. You know, like I would say it would be beneficial for them to win. It would allow people, as you pointed out, to maybe believe in them again, perhaps even them to believe in themselves again in ways that uh, they they did perhaps earlier in the season. And, you know, they haven't really beaten a good team outside of Tampa, right? So, you know, it, it's been a minute. It'd be nice for them to win. But, you know, I just think that the must-win part, people are going to be like, bro, must-win? Like, I get it. You know, you but just I, I, a, underst- I understand where you're coming from. I do. You just, I do. You just I, brought I, up a good point, though. You just brought up a really good point. They have beaten the Buccaneers. Yeah. Outside of the Buccaneers, you tell me, are the Bears any good? No. Colts the Bears any are not good? who we thought they were. No, they're not. <laughs> uh, how about the Colts? You think the Colts are good? Nah. They're, like they're kind of middle of the road. They're okay, they're right? Yeah, they're right. Seahawks, not very good. No, they're not good. Giants are trash. Yeah. Lions have one win on the season. Awful. Texans are one of the worst teams in the NFL. Maybe the one of the worst we've ever seen. And Jacksonville. Look who they beat. The Rams have beaten the Jaguars, yeah. the Texans, and the Lions and the Giants. All garbage. Yeah. They've beaten the Seahawks, who haven't been any good this year. Yeah. And the only real, what you would call, quality win that the Rams yes. have, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, Against and by the way, it was week three. Your boyfriend. That is my guy. I acknowledge yeah. it. Tom Brady's my guy. Yeah. But that was he won the three. SI Sportsman of the Year. Is that true? I, d- I didn't know that he won it, but I saw a lot of debating about who should be the sports person. Sportsman. I mean, is he the sports person of the year, bro? Like, well, who really? else would you? Who would you? Have, who would you I mean, put in there? Know, probably. I mean, there's got to be an Olympian. I would have voted for for sure. Come on, Olympian. Nobody even knows who the Olympians are. That's not true. We know them every four years. Well, I can't name one. Not from the past Olympics. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I don't even remember the Olympics. In fact, the Olympics happened this past summer. I committed myself. I'm going to watch them. Here's another op- Here's another example. Planned on watching all the Olympics. Watched about 25%. Got bored. Never went back. Never finished it off. You see? Can't I finish. Mean, that's you, though. You never finish anything off. I know. I know. I'm not finishing. 
Um, the Rams got to finish, though. I mean, because come on, let's face it. I mean, beating the Jaguars was no big deal. So for the last month, they've lost to the Titans, the Niners, the Packers, and they beat the Jaguars. That's their last month. Yeah. Nobody believes that the Rams are very good. It's a good thing they're 8-4 and four and have themselves positioned where they do in the playoff race because everybody behind them is Washington 6-6, six and six, San Francisco 6-6. Six and six. So they're in a good spot. But the question is, can they go anywhere because they haven't beaten anybody other than Tampa Bay in Week 3? Yeah. By the way, Allison Felix, didn't she win like 10 medals like historically after this Olympics? Like, it's pretty impressive, right? Who? Allison Felix, a local sprinter. girl. I think she was only in like one or two races, though. Yeah, year. but she's now got like 10 medals, which is incredible. Yeah. Simone Biles. The sports person of the year. Simone Biles also. Well, we uh, did talk about Simone Biles a ton. Yeah, there's that. I actually think that Tom Brady moving from the Buc- from the Patriots to the Buccaneers with a you talk about a revamped roster and a first year with a coach and a coaching staff to win a Super Bowl in the home stadium that's never been done before. I got no issue at all with Tom Brady being the sportsman of the year. Yeah, he's like the whatever. See, yeah. it's just that's hate right there. That is what is known as hashtag whatever. hate. Don't hate. Celebrate. Tom Brady. Enough of Tom Brady already, bro. <laughs> I know you're not alone, man. A lot of people feel the same way, but you see me, I want a Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick Super Bowl. No, I mean, but that's different, and it'd be one of the few times I'd ever root for Bill. I'm going to be honest with you. Now, this will shock you, but in that scenario, Tom Brady versus Bill Belichick, a year ago, I'd have been all over Tom Brady. Yeah. A year later, I actually would be rooting for Bill Belichick to oh, win. Oh, Tommy's going to break up with you. He might. He might take away my uh, subscription to TB12, Yeah, whatever that gets me. Uh, do you have the kale pajamas, too? I don't. I don't, but I do have the Ugg boots. <laughs> do you actually wear Ugg boots? <laughs> well, when you say, do I wear them, I mean, in the privacy of my own home, I wear them. I mean, wait, I don't go wait, out Wait, what do you wear boots in your home for, though? Because sometimes I'm cold, man. I'm wait, like, uh, no way. Who yes. wears boots inside the house? Yeah, sometimes I'm cold. No, no, yes. nobody. Yes. You are, I swear to God, you are the only person I've ever heard say that. I'm not the only person. Boots and there are, inside your house? Not just like, boots. Ugg like, boots. Like, okay, whatever. But Uggs or whatever they are. Nobody's going. I mean, I don't know anybody that just puts on some boots in their house. Uh-uh. Anybody else besides nope. me ever get like super cold in their house and they're like, you know what? They're called Put some slippers. Socks on, bro. Or slippers. Yeah. Yeah, All right, but, but that's what they are. They Good are kind point. of slippers. Well, they're not. No, not they're not Ugg boots. boots. They make slippers. Yes. Well, I don't have any. I have Ugg boots. I don't have Ugg slippers. Cap, making saying that they're Ugg boots doesn't make it better that you wear boots inside your house. Wait, you're saying that if I wore them outside of my house, that would be no, okay? No, no, no. I'm not a big Well, Ugg you should person. wear boots outside. That is the way you're supposed to wear them. Now, these are just like cozy, comfy, my feet are cold. Are they like slipper boots? No, no, no. They're legit boots. <laughs> I got them right here, as a matter of fact, and they're kind of embarrassing because one time I was pulling them on and I ripped them in the back and I actually put a piece of tape over the rip that's almost the same color of the boot. So I'm hoping that you can't see the rip in the boot and the piece of tape because I'm too cheap to go buy new ones. You know, I'm telling you right now, your feet get cold. You put on those Ugg boots in your house. It's I or you just buy some slippers. Yeah, the slipper boots are just fine. Yeah, yeah, bro. I don't know what you're doing with that. <laughs> Telling you right now, lots of people are going to be exactly like me and be like, yeah, no. I put on my Ugg boots in the house. Uh-uh. No. True.
Yeah, uh-uh. true. Uh, no, I mean, you're lucky we're doing Radio Tinder next because we um, we can bring this back up at 6 o'clock because we got to talk to Paul Heyman at 545. So Radio Tinder, then Paul Heyman, uh, WWE's own Paul Heyman, all that coming up next. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, Linz, what do you got? Well, earlier this week, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reported that Damian Lillard wants a two-year, $107 million contract extension that would pay him $55 million in his age 36 season from the Blazers. Well, Portland recently fired their GM, Neil Olshay, but according to Woj, the sort of top-level GM candidates that Portland would like to consider for the job are not interested in giving Lillard such a contract and would prefer to move on from him. If you were the new GM of the Blazers, would you give Dame the big extension? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? Um, I would swipe right on that because... If you're the Portland Trailblazers and you don't keep Damian Lillard for whatever reason or keep him happy, um, you don't really have a franchise, to be frank with you. And, yeah, I know he's having a a bit of a struggle this year, but, I mean, he's proven to have been an incredible player for you. He's been really loyal when most guys would have left. And, you know, at the time I criticized the Lakers when they did the Kobe deal, and in retrospect I realized after the fact that it was the right way to do it. Um, and I said that a long time ago, but you know, I just want to reiterate that position because I'm okay saying that I was wrong about something. And I, I feel like Damian Lillard um, deserves that, right? Like when you, I think of the Portland Trailblazers, Scott, I think of Damian Lillard right now. I agree that I think of Damian Lillard, and when I, when I think of the Blazers, that's the only name that comes to mind. But I will just say this: I'm going to swipe left here. And I'm going to say that if I were the new incoming GM of the Blazers, I'd be thinking to myself, how do I turn our team into a competitive roster? And what do I have? 
and I've got Damian Lillard, and he's making like 45-some-odd million dollars a year right now, and he wants an extension that's going to pay him 50-plus million dollars, and that $50 million is going to come in the really latter stages of his career. So what am I going to do? I'm going to tie my hands here, and I'm going to have a, an old guy making $50 million bucks, 36, 37 years old. For me, I would try and trade Damian Lillard now and see what I could get, and I honestly, I'd rebuild. And I say rebuild, it's not like they've built a championship. I would just have to start over because I can't give this guy $50 million at 36, 37 years old. So I I'm swiping left. I feel like there'd be a mutiny if they trade him. Yeah, I would agree. So. All right. It might be, but I mean, who? With the fan base, you yes. mean? Yes. Yes. 100%. But where are they going with him? <laughs> I mean, they've been to a conference finals, which is more, more than right. they can say since Clyde Drexler was there, like, you know, when I was a child. It should be adding, not subtracting. Yeah. yeah, but but you're going to give a guy $50 million at the latter part of his career like that? I, I mean, think he's, he's worth it. Oh, I mean, his on. it's not like his game doesn't age great. Like, you know, he's a shooter, you know? Yeah, I'd go in a different direction. I'd start over. All right, okay. well, next one. Instagram's top executive is fighting with senators over the app's impact on young users. During a contentious hearing where lawmakers in both parties argued for stricter government oversight of social media apps. So the head of Instagram, who is Adam Masiri, pushed back against some lawmakers' assertion that the company's social media products are addictive, saying that he doesn't believe that research shows that, and he asserted that many young users find Instagram makes their lives better. Do you guys think that government should have oversight over social media apps? Swipe left or swipe right, Cap? Ooh, this is tough. Should the government have oversight over social media apps. Um, I'm going to swipe left for now, but I'm going to reserve the right to change my mind as I would as I would learn more about the story. But the thing is, is I don't like the government kind of in my business, especially when it comes to media per se. But on the other hand, hmm, this is a tough one for me. All right, I'm swiping left. I'm staying with left. I don't think the government should be involved in social media. But on the other hand, look, all right, I can keep going back and forth. This hand, that hand. All right, I'm just swiping left. No, they shouldn't. Yeah, I'm swiping left. They shouldn't. Um, I think that they're, you know, in theory, you should ask them to self-police, which is what we do, uh, about some of the stuff that goes on social media, as in the companies. Um, I, I do think that if, if you're the government, I don't have a problem with them putting like some pressure on like, hey, man, you need to do a better job of cleaning up your Twitter streets or your, you know, like, you know, whatever, whatever they need to do. But, um, yeah, the like, yeah, I, I have a hard time having the government have the control. Like, I think that word uh, is not something that I would be comfortable with. What if they said, OK, social media apps can no longer be anonymous. They have to you have to register them to an ID to a legitimate person. Oh, I wouldn't have a problem with that. I think they should do that. That I, I wouldn't have a problem with because verified people, that's how you get verified in a lot of right. ways. Right. Like and I think that age. just social media users and, and for the platforms that we're talking about, because there are like separate ones where people, you know, like the texting apps and there's different social media apps where people can like, they're based on privacy and anonymousness. But I think for like Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, like you should be a verified human being because it's just too volatile not to anymore. Yeah, I would agree. Like I, the anonym, the anonymity of it is is a problem. I do think that you know, I, look, man, when you sign up for stuff um, that that's not social media, right? Like if you sign up for some service, and I look at social media as a service in a lot of ways, 
you know, you have to put in, you know, your address, your home number, a lot of these things that you fill out online. So that part of it I would not have a problem with. All right, so last one here. Forget milk and cookies, Oreo thins, and barefoot wines are teaming up for a new red wine blend. The wine, which is described as a new grown-up pairing and inspired by the classic flavors of an Oreo cookie, will be available to purchase starting December 9th exclusively on the Barefoot Wines website for $24.99. Each delivery will include two bottles of wine and one package of Oreo Thin cookies. According to Oreo, the red blend has aromas of chocolate with natural flavors of blackberry and dark cherries for a smooth and lingering finish. Do you guys want to try the Oreo wine pairing package? Swipe left or swipe right. Wino Sedano. <laughs> Please say um, yes, Sedano. Please say yes. No, swipe left. No. Oh, damn it. No, thank you. Like, listen. I'm going it. So it's funny because somebody sent um, one of the, like the other. I, 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 okay. Basically, somebody sent us a um, like one of those like chocolate, like nice chocolate uh, things for like the holidays. And it came with some wine. Right. And, you know, it was a bottle of wine I'd never heard of, like whatever, you know. So I had some and that you, you're asking for just like headache wine when you when you you take that stuff in, like is what I would say. There's a reason these places are good at what they what they do and not alcohol. Right. So like I, I'm a, I, well, I get it um, for some people. I'm sure it'd be OK. Certain kinds of alcohol that's not refined. Sedona doesn't drink no barefoot wine. Well, that's yeah, what I was. I was just, hoping just, yeah. you're just asking for a bad hangover, bro. Right. I, I, I was. Say. I was hoping that Sedona was going to say swipe right, Ew. and that he was going to be all mm-hmm. into this, and then I was going to try and convince Sedona that rather than me owing him a bottle of Camus, oh, I could give him no. two lousy bottles of barefoot. You know? No, bro. You're I don't call that. it lousy. Look, just because does it's, what it needs to do. Yeah, just because it's not the fancy schmancy. Not everybody can afford hundred dollar bottles of wine. No, guys. but it doesn't have well, to be fancy schmancy. But I also would say that. It, as someone who drinks wine, um, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe there's some sort of sommelier that can tell me different, but I get the sense of if you're buying like the ultra, ultra bargain stuff, there's a reason it's ultra, ultra bargain because you're going to be paying for it the next day with something else as yep. in like your head being pounded. Yep. So you have like uh, Barefoot or like um, other brands that I can see in a grocery store would be like right next to it, like Cupcake. Does that sound right? Cupcake wine? Um, I'm trying to think of some others. Menage a trois, right? There's like a I've never heard a of wine. menage a trois as a wine. <laughs> yeah, I've heard never. menage a trois as some other yeah. things. But. Yeah. No, it is a wine. I remember yeah. when I used to be a restaurant server, that was a name of one of the wines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so. like really cheap wine, though. Like if you go to Total Wine, they have some nice, like, Ten, fifteen dollar. No, no, you can buy. And, yeah. No, I'm not fine. saying that all wine that's ten no, no, or fifteen dollars is that's bad. What I, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I, look, barefoot is. If you're in a in a bind, like you go and you get it, whatever, and you know, like Sedano said, you're gonna pay for it the next day if you drink one or two bottles. But I literally, I I brought a bottle when the the Lakers won their championship, and I remember Amanda was like, "Yeah, we're not drinking that." <laughs> She's like, because MT was like, if it doesn't cost a certain amount, I'm not paying for the headache. <laughs> like, they're like, we don't want the headache tomorrow. But it's Laura, true. we should get you to do an Instagram live on some barefoot wine. See what happens. Oh, man. No, that's not a good look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. Anyways, next one. Sorry, Lindsay. That's it. That's it, because Paul Heyman's coming up. Yep, let's do that. We'll talk to Paul Heyman of the WWE because uh, SmackDown's coming to Staples Center on Friday. So let's do that. Stick around.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Sedano and Cap here on 710 ESPN. SmackDown's coming to Staples Center, soon to be the Crypto.com Arena. On yeah, they've taken Christmas. down all the Staples signage, dude. You see that? They did. They did. I did see that. Laura tried to go and uh, Take an see eat. if she could finagle some, but she didn't want to get arrested. Mm-hmm. I don't blame her. Yeah, I don't blame her. Uh, so, SmackDown, as I mentioned, is coming here. The great Paul Heyman joins us here now. Paul, before I get into, you know, just I, there's so many questions I have to ask you. You're such a legend, right? Like you've been around for so long. We had a uh, a, a a debate, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, here on the show. Uh, my partner Scott, who you just heard there, um, says that when he gets cold in the house, he puts on boots on in his house, like Ugg Ugg boots. Ugg like, boots, do you Paul. when you get co- when your feet get cold at the Heyman house, uh, w- what do you put on? Do you put on boots? Uh, my feet never get cold inside the Heyman house because I'm warmed by the mere notion of my own superior intelligence. <laughs> well, there you go. Fair, fair enough, then. <laughs> Paul, huge fan, dude. Um, been watching, you know, since I was a little kid. First match I ever saw, Dustin Rhodes, the American Dream, against Harley Race in a loser-leave-town steel cage match at the Hollywood Sportatorium. This is going back to the early 80s. I contend that Dusty Rhodes is the greatest wrestling interview ever. What do you say to that? For his time, he certainly was. Um, you know, again, the, the demands of the job of being of delivering a wrestling interview are different in 2021, 2022 than they were in the 1970s and the 1980s. And, and therefore, uh, you know, the, the, the comparison is very difficult to make. Um, you know who, who was the greatest center for the for the LA Lakers ever? Was was it Will Chamberlain? Was it Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Was was it Jabbar when he was Lou Alcindor? Um, was it Shaq? Uh, you know they they played in different eras, and therefore the demands of the game are different. So the demands of of an, of an interview today in sports entertainment slash pro wrestling slash world wrestling entertainment are far different than they were back in the days of Dusty Rhodes. But in the days of Dusty Rhodes, he, he was absolutely on, on, on top of his game and far superior to anybody else that, that, that was trying to talk them into the building. Now, when you were at ECW and you guys were doing crazy things back then, right? Like the Attitude Era was also going on uh, at WWE and there was this stuff going on at WCW. Like when that era was changing, when, you know, when to your point, like when the demands changed, changed when uh, the, the, the promos uh, got more, um, you know, intricate and longer and, and, and even in some cases funnier and or nastier or both. Like, what was going through your mind at that time? Did you view that as, wow, this is an amazing evolution? Or were you maybe taken even aback a little bit by the way or the direction it was headed at that time? Well, no, I wasn't taken aback. And I, and I, and I, will, I will never be one to display false humility. 
uh, I will I will give credit where credit's due, and I'll take the credit where credit's due. We're the ones that changed the game. We were the disruptors in the industry. Back in 1993, WCW went total Disney. Total. I mean, just they they started doing their their television tapings at Universal. They they decided to be um, as close to a G-rated product as they possibly could be because they were in the process of luring in Hulk Hogan. And and this was still in the age of the six and seven and eight year old Hulkamaniacs spending thousands and thousands, thousands of their parents' dollars on Hulkamania merchandise. So that, that, that was the gig back then WWF at the time, WWE was coming off of the same Vince McMahon federal trial. um, And they, they were stuck in a pattern of trying to adapt to the 1990s and the changing cultures. Uh, 1993, I, I was 27 years old. I, I, I was part of the MTV generation. Um, I had watched how hip hop kept smashing boundaries and barriers and was being pushed back by mainstream uh, television. At the same time, I saw how Nirvana completely smashed the music industry. And I realized that, that, that the shift had occurred underneath our feet culturally and that pro wrestling slash sports entertainment was way behind the times. So we came in with, with the concept of extreme in ECW. And the, the whole idea was to adapt to the current pop culture and, and, the, and, and the culture of, of where entertainment was headed, which was, in my opinion, back in 93, 94, everything was going to go extreme. So uh, we stopped with the kiddie storylines and we started doing very contemporary adult storylines. And I don't mean adult in terms of triple X. I just mean adult in terms of geared towards an 18 to 34 male demographic. But Paul, um, wasn't that, but, and, but Paul, wasn't that going backwards in some way though? Because in the early eighties, again, when I was a little kid and I just became obsessed with wrestling, you know, they did take advantage of certain cultural storylines that were happening. I was petrified as a kid of a wrestler by the name of Nikolai Volkov because the U.S. versus the USSR, the Soviet yeah, Union. Yeah, but you know, I think but, the adults saw that and knew that that was like, you know, baloney. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, And I think yeah. what Paul's saying is that wrestling started to cater to adults, not to the seven or eight-year-old kid that was you in the 80s. I don't know, man. I was also afraid of a dude named Abdullah the Butcher. I thought he well, was going to yeah, kick I mean, my father's your ass, ass one night in this Sunrise yeah. Musical Theater we were at that show. So, Paul, keep rolling, though, man. You're You're rolling. Well, I mean, you know, again, I, I understand why Abdul the Butcher would scare you or Nikolai Volkov would scare you as a kid. Uh, uh, other kids had a life, you know, so <laughs> they, um, <laughs> they, they were trying to get more in tune with, 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 with contemporary culture and, 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 and be scared of, of uh, bigger, badder, more impressive looking acts and more realistic acts. You know, in, in ECW, we had a tag team called the Public Enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which which was based on a Newsweek article that I had read uh, that 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 opened with the line, "We are living in the first generation of American children that's more afraid of living than dying," and it was all about these gangs in South Central LA and 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 and, and, and on Halsted Street in Chicago and and in downtown Detroit and and just how they had nothing to live for. And I said, "Man, this is." You had to adapt this to today's society, and and at the same time, the Wu Tang Clan was hitting, and Method Man is 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 doing music videos in in in, in the back of what looks like to be a hijacked bus, uh, in in the hood, and 
it just became a, a, a grittier, more realistic um, presentation of of entertainment and, and, and pro wrestling sports illustrator was way behind. So our job as the disruptors was to disrupt, was to revolutionize, was to evolutionize the entire industry and move it forward into, into a progressive form of entertainment that, that leads the cultural way, not follows it. So wow. that it, it, I, I was never caught off guard by it. We were too busy leading the way. Right. It's cool to listen to, man. It's really cool to hear you talk about all this, Paul, because I just know from a little bit of your background what a hustler you were, sneaking your way into shows, uh, how you became you know, involved in pro wrestling. Because I always wanted to be a manager, and one night I was backstage and I was talking to Sergeant Slaughter, and I'm like, Sarge, how do I become a manager? How can anybody become a wrestling manager, Paul Heyman? Uh, it's like anything else in life. If you want it bad enough and you're qualified to do it, and you can create a situation in which you craft the stars to align for you, then you get your shot. And if you get your shot, then you need to slam it. it, it you know, it, it, it's the age old thing of how does an actor get a break in Hollywood? Um, you know, and, and some say, well, you go to the theater. Oh yes. Oh, you have to, you have to play, you have to play Santa Barbara theater and you have to do Shakespeare and Shakespeare in the park. And, 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 you, and you have to do uh, you know, perform on, p- perform on the sidewalk in West Hollywood. And, and others will say, no, you know what I do? I deliver pizza to the, to the studios and I put my eight by 10 on the pizza box. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's whatever gets you in the door. If, yeah. if, if, this, if that's your dream and, and you have the talent to do it, and you have something to offer that other people don't have to offer, and you are able to convey that to someone in a hiring position, then you step up to the plate and you take and you take your best swing. And and again, you you have to be able to offer them something to where they make more money with you than they would be making without you. So if a company's making a billion dollars a year, and you walk in the door and go, "Hire me, hire me, I'll be a manager," and they're still going to make that same billion. Why would they hire you? Why would they pay you? But if you can demonstrate to them that, hey, you make a billion with, without me, but you'll make a billion point one with me, you're going to get the job. Nice. Hey, if you want tickets to SmackDown at the Staples Center on Friday, tickets for WWE SmackDown um, are on axis.com, AXS.com. Paul, we up against the break. Unfortunately, oh it's a hard break. I we I literally could co- have all a conversation day. with you forever. Right. Can you join us again, like some other time soon? Because we I'd love to just like blow out some breaks and talk to you for like fifteen or twenty minutes straight. Can we do that in the near future? Hey, that's up to you. You okay. guys are kicking me off. I have nothing I know, to right. do the rest of the day. But we we're know, kicking you off because my boss is nothing talking to people on the radio. Uh, my boss is going to kick my ass if I don't go to break soon. That's why, unfortunately. Dude, I want a full hour expose, and I want to do a Dust the Road off. I hear you do a great Dust the Road impression. If, if, if that's my cue to do it, I'll only do it when you bring me back on the air. <laughs> okay, there you go. Because I would contend his Dusty Rhodes sounds more like Daffy Duck than Dusty <laughs> Rhodes, personally. But, you know, whatever. Well, you don't know hard times, Daddy. Yeah. Uh, Paul Heyman, he is a legend. WWE SmackDown Friday at Staples Center. Paul, thank you so much. Let's do it again soon. Thank you again. I look forward to it. Appreciate you, Paul. All right, we got a break. Laura's going to kill us because we're way late. Uh, we'll be back in a couple minutes.